you are entering a realm of imagination where dreams are told between the lines of the universe. This is a Midnight Tale podcast. I am your host, Celeste, your guide through this dreamscape. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I can't wait to share my new dream that I had. This tale is about Celeste, and she is unhappy at her job. She goes to the aquarium to relieve stress, and there she finds some new friends who help her to carve a new path in life. Where will this adventure take her? Who are these new friends? Join me as we find out. I stared at the swirling ghostly jellyfish as they slowly drifted through the water. They had beautiful frilly membranes that delicately floated inside the main translucent covering. I was mesmerized as they gently floated through the water so effortlessly. The large tank held dozens of jellyfish and the soft light illuminated their bodies with a bluish light. I wandered over to the next exhibit that showcased extremely tiny jellyfish babies. Their tiny bodies speckled the inside of the tank and their outlines were barely visible. I stared at them and their tiny bodies and I wish I could have been there, floating with them gently in the water. I wandered over to another exhibit, which had remarkable jellyfish with bioluminescence. Their bodies were all oval shaped and they had lines of lights that striped down their sides. The lights flashed a brilliant rainbow of colors in a repeating pattern that was mesmerizing. I looked closely at their lights, trying to see if there was any patterns or hints of one. Their form of communication fascinated me and was a riddle that I wanted to unlock. The lights flashed over and over again in their colorful display. I became aware of the other visitors at the aquarium and the noise and bustle of the workers and the regular noises of the tanks rushed back into my conscious mind. I realized I had taken the majority of my lunch watching the jellyfish again. Thankfully, I had eaten at the cafe quickly before wandering around the exhibits. And I was startled by a phone call. I picked it up and my supervisor Kathleen asked, where are you right now? I told her, I'm out for lunch as usual. Um, what's going on? I quickly looked at my phone and noticed I still had 20 minutes left of my lunch. She sighed and said, really? This is an emergency meeting that needs to happen about the budget of the new advertising project. I need you to be back in order to take notes and help me organize a quick presentation about the progress I have made in the department satisfying budget issues. The meeting is going to take place in an hour, so I need you to get back right now. I told her, it's gonna take me about 20 minutes to get back. I thought to myself, there was no way I was gonna let her take away precious lunchtime, particularly since I was at the aquarium. I was going to enjoy every minute that I had for myself. Every Monday and Friday, I would enjoy a lunch break at the aquarium and just marvel at the sea life in the tanks. I never grew tired of seeing everything. Going to the aquarium let me prepare myself to face the week and help me decompress before the weekend. My supervisor huffed and said, okay, you always do this, but I understand it's your lunch, but you need to come back as soon as possible, okay? Where did you go for lunch this time? I rolled my eyes hard. I said, Kathleen, you know, it's a little cafe right by the antique store. You know, it's like a 15 minute walk down the street. 
I lied because I did not want her to know that I went to the aquarium during the week because she would definitely chastise me about walking over there and spending my time even though it was my lunch hour. She said, oh, I've never been there. You always go to unusual places that are so far walking. Most of my coworkers had their lunch in the building at the small break room we had, but a few of us dared to go outside and get some fresh air or a different view for lunch. But Kathleen made it very obvious that she did not like that. She continued, Anyways, head back right now, okay? See you soon. Kathleen hung up the phone. I sighed and I shoved my phone back into my bag. I started slowly heading towards the entrance. As I was walking, I noticed a new sign being propped up towards the front. It showed huge silhouettes of different sea creatures. I looked a little closer and realized that some of them were deep sea creatures along with other fish silhouettes. I had never seen deep sea creatures as they usually did not survive very well because of the drastic change of pressure. The sign said the new exhibit was opening on Friday for premium members. The new exhibit was called Shapeshifters of the Sea. I excitedly took a picture of the sign to remind myself to go as I had a premium pass since I have been a member for so long. My friend Malaya scurried up to me. Her long straight black hair was tied up in a ponytail with her baby hair sticking out everywhere. She had on dark blue eyeliner that was highlighted with sparkly green that accentuated her upturned eyes. Her eyes matched her dark blue uniform. She was even more tan than the last time I saw her. Her supervisor probably put her outside for her shifts lately because she loves smelling the salty sea breeze. Malaya grabbed my arm and pointed at the sign she said in a hushed tone, you have to come this Friday. They have been very secretive about the whole thing. I've only had a glimpse of these things. From what I have heard, they are amazing creatures unlike anything we've ever seen because of their extremely accurate shape-shifting abilities. I turned towards her and asked, why am I only hearing about this now? This sounds like an amazing showcase for the aquarium. Why aren't they marketing it more? She said, well, I think it's because they're from the deep sea. They were probably afraid they were gonna die. I'm not sure how long these things are gonna survive anyway, but they've been living in the aquarium for about three months from what I've heard, and they're not done yet. I only barely even knew that they were here just because they finally started letting it slip. Only the top marine biologists have access to them. Also the press and all of the higher up donors are coming this Wednesday to see them. They get first dibs, of course. I asked her, are you working the event or going as a guest? She said, oh, I'm working as a coordinator. So basically I'm a supervisor of all the other underlings to make sure that the drunks don't wander off outside and fall into the tanks. She rolled her eyes and said, so nothing glamorous, but you know, gotta start somewhere. Anyways, I just wanted to let you know the spots are gonna fill up fast because you know how fish people can be. We both laughed a little and I hugged her. I said, I'll definitely be there. I wish I could stay and talk more. I have to go. Kathleen is waiting. Malaya scrunched up her face. I said, I know. Malaya asked, when do you think you're going to get promoted so you can be her boss? Just imagine her face. But then seriously, I can't believe they didn't approve your transfer to another position or that building that you were talking about. I said, I know but pretty sure they wanted me to stay because I'm doing a good job. And of course, I don't get a reward, just more work. 
I laughed at myself and said, I think she would probably die before she would have me as her boss anyway, or anyone besides Richard. Malaya gave me another quick hug and said, Well, best of luck. I'll see you Friday. She quickly took off to go back to her job. I turned and I walked out the door and headed towards my building. Thankfully, the aquarium wasn't too far from where I worked. I walked and enjoyed my time out in the sun and I dreaded heading back into the office. So I had to face Kathleen. I rounded the corner of the block and headed straight into the office. I checked my phone and saw that I had taken exactly 15 minutes to walk back to the office. And I still had a little bit of lunch break left, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to take advantage of it because Kathleen was already waiting for me in the lobby. She was typing away furiously at her laptop and said, Okay, follow me. She sprung up from her chair and headed towards the elevator and she said, I have sent you the numbers for the estimations of the amount of money I have saved this department and the different projects that I have led, so I want you to put that into the PowerPoint so that way I can present it. Next, I want you to put the progress that we made so far on the newest marketing project, Telecom, and how much money we have spent so far, because that's the biggest issue. The other stuff is really just to highlight my success so far as a team leader. She continued talking and I tuned her out as I stared at the numbers slowly climbing up to our floor and the rickety elevator creaking along the way. We reached the fifth floor and stepped out and she was still talking about her expectations of the PowerPoint. Now she wanted me to take notes of all of the criticisms that we were going to be offered by the other board members. We both headed down the hallway and passed by many cubicles. I waved hello at some of my coworkers who were busy doing clerical work. Some gave me a sympathetic look as they saw Kathleen babbling on. I reached my cubicle and told Kathleen, I'll take a look at the emails and your notes and I'll draft up the PowerPoint and show it to you right before our meeting so you can approve it. But she quickly waved her hands and said, no, 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 come back to my office, okay? And we will be there together. I wanna make sure that everything is perfect. This is one of our biggest companies that we have marketed for. And I wanna make sure that in the future, they keep me in mind to team lead. Internally, I screamed as I knew she was gonna be looking over my shoulder for the next 45 minutes taking everything that I put into the PowerPoint and highlighting her own achievements, which was ironic because everybody else did the work she simply assigned and acted like she even knew what she was talking about. The team had to go through all the paperwork and the struggles of finances and budget cuts thanks to Kathleen because all she ever did was complain about our work and how it wasn't fast enough or she would get in our way. She would try to implement stupid rules or restraints passed down from the higher-ups who also had no idea how their own stupidity impacted our work. I gathered up my things and I headed to Kathleen's office. I sat down with her and as predicted, she hovered over me and told me exactly how to make the presentation step by step. This process would have been much faster if she had just done it herself. As we finished up the PowerPoint, I added the last page and started typing out all of the team members' names that I helped with the telecom project. Kathleen saw me typing it up and said, oh, don't worry about that. We don't have time to add it right now, okay? And besides, nobody reads those pages anyway. What matters is the content before it. I looked over at Kathleen and said, well, what if one of the board members has a specific question about the telecom project and would like to speak to the team member who did it? Kathleen waved her hands and said, there's no need for that. I will answer it or personally connect a board member with any team member if they want to. 
I wanted to roll my eyes so badly, but I just let out a little sigh instead. Kathleen quickly looked over at me and said, are you all right there? We need the positive uppy energy for this presentation in order to really make an impact for the board members. She put on her biggest fake smile and she gave me a thumbs up. I smiled as unsarcastically as I possibly could. She said, awesome. You know, Richard loves to see big smiles. I groaned eternally. She was always trying to suck up to Richard, who was the owner of the whole company. I had seen her over the past couple years slowly getting closer and closer to Richard. He obviously picked favorites and she was one of them. I'm pretty sure he didn't even realize I worked for him most of the time. Kathleen interrupted my thoughts and said, Okay, let's go. Our meeting is about to start in five minutes and we want to make sure we are punctual. I nodded my head and quickly gathered up my stuff and our printed resources. We went down the hallway and entered into the conference room where I began setting up the laptop and the projector in order to have the PowerPoint ready to present. I sat next to the projector as of course I was regulated to the task of PowerPoint clicker. I had my notepad ready in order to take notes and to write down any thoughts that I had to share with Kathleen. I knew I shouldn't be so annoyed with this process anymore as I had gone through it quite a few times and Kathleen was my supervisor and I was her assistant supervisor. But for the most part, she just seemed to remember the assistant part and ordered me around to do much of her bidding. I saw Kathleen fix her blonde hair into a ponytail. I dimmed the lights slightly and kept my head down to hide the annoyance in my face as the board members started trickling in. Richard finally arrived, late as usual. Pretty sure he did that to feel some sort of superiority that we had to be waiting for him. Richard sat down at the front of the table next to Kathleen and she immediately started flirting with him and talking to him. He was older, about in his 50s, and had pure white hair that made his blue eyes and burnt tan skin pop. I stared out the window and I could see the ocean peeking behind the other buildings. I could see the waves crashing hard onto the beach and the white foam was very vibrant. Celeste, Kathleen said sharply. I snapped out of it and turned towards her and I realized all of the board members were staring at me. I tried not to blush, but I could feel my face getting red. I said, sorry, Kathleen. She put her hand up in the air and said, don't apologize. Just please start the PowerPoint. We're all anxious to start, so will you please? And she motioned towards the projector. She turned towards the board members and said, sorry, my assistant will get on that right away. What were we talking about? I mumbled, okay, and kept my face down as I could feel my cheeks were burning. I hated how condescendingly her face had looked at me, but she had tried to hide it with her fake sweetness. I quickly started the PowerPoint and tried to focus on note-taking. It was difficult for me to stay focused, as most of the time they would just go off on long tangents about irrelevant topics, and I found myself doodling on the margins of my paper. We finally got to the topic of our new project, telecom and Kathleen started talking about all of the new marketing we had come up for it. She was only about a minute in to the topic when she stopped and asked me to get her coffee along with other board members. She did this sometimes, and it was expected of me as I was one of the lowest members in the room. I quickly got up and tried to avoid the stairs as I was leaving the room. 
I heard her talk about the new designs for telecom and the logo. I was interested to hear what she had to say about it because that was one of the major projects that I had helped run. And I come up with the rough designs and logo myself, which other teammates had helped bring to life. I slipped out the door, but I gently put my foot up so that the door did not fully close, but was not noticeably open. I leaned my ear up against the crack and listened. Kathleen said, As you can see here, this is the new design and logo package that my team had come up with. We highlighted Telecom's strengths and came up with a new flashy logo. We hope to present this to them and we are here for your final approval. The board members looked at the reference sheets and spoke to each other and Richard exclaimed, This is fine work. And I really enjoy this new logo. I think it's quite eye-catching and distinct. It makes Telecom's very bland name stand out. Kathleen nodded her head like a fast bobblehead. I could hear the other team members saying their agreement. I felt quite proud in that moment as they loved my design. She said, thank you. I'm glad that you all agree on the final package. My team had several great ideas and you can see I helped them pick the best one. That was the most praise I have ever heard Kathleen say about any of my work. And of course, it wasn't when I was even there. Richard asked, so who was the one that came up with the design work? Kathleen responded, it was a team effort, but I guided the design heavily. Ultimately, I was the final decision maker for everything. I chose the design in particular and made sure that it was polished for today. I stood there stunned. I couldn't believe that Kathleen was taking credit for the logos and designs that I had mostly helped to create. She knew I was the one who had done most of the work and who had the best cohesive work and completely ignored me. I was so angry and I immediately took my foot off the door and the door clicked shut and I knew that they had heard the door close. I angrily stormed off and headed towards the break room. As I got to the doorway, I kept walking and I walked towards the stairs. I couldn't stop moving. I was just so angry and I felt betrayed. Even though I had never had high expectations for loyalty from Kathleen, I didn't think she would steal credit from me like that. I raced down the stairs and into the lobby and went outside to the little patio area. I walked around and took deep breaths of the fresh ocean breeze. <sighs> I crossed my arms and just walked around looking at the flowers and bushes that were outside. I thought about my options that I could do. I wanted to quit so bad in the moment, but my work, my degree, my life, it was about this business and marketing. I didn't really have any other things to fall back on. And I had decent pay with good benefits. It was close to home and the beach. I had everything worked out well in terms of career-wise. Eventually, I could get promoted and make more money, but I couldn't imagine working like this being disrespected and unappreciated. And I kept telling myself all of the pros, but I also couldn't imagine doing work, this corporate fluff and such basic design. And I knew it wouldn't get better in any company that I worked for. I walked around the corner to the back lot, which had a wonderful view down the alley straight towards the beach. I could see people riding the waves and relaxing on the sand. I saw a boat pass by that had the aquarium's logo on it, Crystal Shores Aquarium. For a second, I imagined myself in Malaya, sitting on the boat, watching the waves pass by in scuba suits, 
waiting and watching to see what other creatures the sea would let us glimpse. I heard clicking towards me, and I turned to look and I saw Kathleen walking towards me with a frustrated and upset face. She asked, Have you been here the whole time? I said, Yes. She asked, Why would you do that? Do you have any idea how embarrassing it was when you didn't come back and I had to go do your job and work the computer and finish the presentation? You were the assistant and you were supposed to be there as a united front for the board members. We cannot show that we have any cracks or weak links in our team. I asked her, So you think I'm not being a team member? Kathleen threw her hands up in the air and said, Yes. I don't know what it's been up with you these past couple of weeks. I know that you like to have your privacy during your lunch breaks, but you are part of this team and you have definitely been giving me attitude. I just looked at her and I said, what attitude? I have been doing my job exactly the way I'm supposed to. I'm going above and beyond the details. How do you expect somebody to act when they're being underappreciated and their credit is stolen from them? She shook her head and looked at me like I was stupid and said, what are you talking about? I said, I heard you take the credit for the work I did on the telecom project. I was the one who came up with the final designs and all of the work to make sure that the finished product came together. Then today, during the meeting, I heard you say that you were the one who approved and finalized it when it was mine. Obviously, it was the best one out of all the choices we had. She raised her hand up and held it in front of my face and said, slow down there, okay? There are a lot of other options and yours was just one of them. So don't get an attitude going on right now, okay? Because you are a team member just like everybody else. I could feel my shoulders rising and I could feel my anger just bubbling up. I am not like everybody else. I am an assistant supervisor. I am just one step below you and I am leading everybody else. So you cannot treat me like them. And I am definitely not just your secretary. So don't expect me to get your stupid coffee next time. Kathleen froze and gave me an icy cold stare. She said, I am still your supervisor. And just like everybody else, don't start thinking you're any more special just because you're an assistant supervisor. If you didn't realize, it still has assistant in front of it. And you better remember that next time you speak to me out of turn like that. Despite how angry I was, I felt a pang of fear shiver through my body because I knew that Kathleen could get me fired or worse, make my life even more hellish. She had great friends in HR, and I didn't really have many close co-workers, at least not anybody that could help me in this situation. I lowered my head a little and said, I understand I am the assistant supervisor, and my tone may have been harsh, but maybe going forward, we could have a group team member dedication page with everybody's names like I suggested in order to showcase everybody's work. Kathleen shook her head and said, Like I said before, there's no need to worry about that. I will take care of recognizing the 
appropriate employees. If you feel so bothered by this, I will go tell Richard about your work, okay? So you don't need to have an outburst like this again. Is that okay? I nodded my head. We can go together right now so he knows about it and that way we can showcase a united front that I was talking about before. And we are all team players. Okay? She gave me one of her fake smiles. All I could do was bear it and grin back at her. I said, that sounds like a good plan. We both went back into the building where Kathleen in her sickly sweet way congratulated me in front of Richard. It made me feel so embarrassed all over again with her apologizing and then overly praising me. I spent the rest of the day hidden away in my cubicle and just waited for the time to end. Once the workday was up, I headed outside. As soon as I was outside, I called my boyfriend, Nick. He was almost home by this point. As soon as he picked up, I told him everything that happened between me and Kathleen and I cried towards the end of it because I was so frustrated. He listened to me talk about the whole ordeal and gave me a comforting word here and there and agreed with me through my whole venting. Once I had finished, he asked, do you think there's any way you could talk to HR about this? I said, there's no way. She has ties to the HR people that I don't. They would definitely take her side over mine. He said, this is so messed up. HR is obviously not doing its job properly if they have any sort of favoritism. I sighed and said, tell me about it. He said, I know that you've been unhappy with working there, especially over the last couple of weeks. Don't you think maybe it's time to apply to another business or at least transfer somewhere else? I said, I have tried. And even if I have good coworkers, the thing is, I'm just tired of this work. I just don't want to do it anymore. He said, but I thought you loved marketing. I said, yeah, I did when it was just fun stuff in college and just ideas. Not all of this stupid bureaucratic office politics crap. He said, well, if you move to another office, it probably won't be as bad. And you can go somewhere where there isn't a Kathleen. I said, yeah, getting rid of Kathleen would make it so much better. But I do more paperwork than actual marketing design. And I have to sit through these freaking boring meetings with people who have no creativity. Just not what I thought. He said, I'm sure that you can find another company that will treat you the way you deserve. And you had one really bad day. Don't let it ruin everything you've worked so hard for. You're too far ahead to quit now. You have a long career ahead of you to succeed and get those positions you deserve. I looked up at my office building, then down the alley towards the beach. And I said, I have worked hard and this is a good job. Maybe I just need to think about it more. He said, that sounds good. I'm glad you're feeling better. We could talk about it more at home. I said, see you soon. As soon as I hung up with my boyfriend, I started walking towards the aquarium, feeling a hollow calmness. I don't know if I hadn't made my point clear or if he just didn't want to understand it. But as I walked, I called my mom and I told her the same thing that I had gone through. She said, I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. It's horrible. I hate that Kathleen woman. 
I just wish there was something that I could do to get her out of there. Maybe I could leave a bad review about her online? Or maybe I could call them and tell her she gave me bad service. I laughed a little and said, we're not a public company. There's no way you would even be able to actually meet her. You're just one person. You're not a company. She said, well, I am great company. Just too bad it doesn't apply to the situation. I told her, thanks for listening, but it just goes beyond Kathleen. She asked, what do you mean? I said, I think I want to do something different. She asked, what do you mean by different? Like a different company or maybe a different title? I said, I just think I want to do something different with my life. She said, honey, you're already assistant supervisor. You're not that far off from being at her level. And if you transfer, you could get bumped up and then you will be able to be in charge. And then you definitely wouldn't get any talk back. I said, I know that. She said, yeah, you can't just throw away all of your hard work. That's what you went to college for. And that's why we put you there. So that way you can make something of your life. So you can make sure you can afford everything that you want and that you would have a lot of money to retire and be stable. I said, yes, I know you want the best for me and to make money so I can travel and buy nice things. But this job, this career is not what I imagined it would be. She said, I know sometimes we have to make sacrifices in order to get things that we want. And marketing might not seem all that great right now, but everything has its pros and cons. You have all the things you want because of it. Trust me, there's so many times that I wanted to quit my job, but then I remember all the things I'm responsible for and the things I'm able to afford now. I said, yes, I know that, but I didn't think it would be this tough. I just, I don't like it. She laughed and said, you know how it was for me when I was younger. I had to toughen up and do my best, even if I didn't like it. Like everything about a job. Remember, you are almost 30 and you need to think about your future and retirement. I was silent for a second. I know, okay? I gotta go. I'm almost in my car. She said, okay, honey, call me when you get home if you still want to talk. I said, okay, well, bye. She said bye and then hung up the phone. The anxiety of the responsibilities and expectations on me numbed my feelings until I felt just robotic. I kept walking towards the aquarium and entered inside. As I headed towards the jellyfish exhibit, I felt two hands grab onto me and I turned to see Malaya. She was smiling, but as she saw my face, she asked, Hey, what happened? Why are you so upset? I thought I had pulled off a completely neutral face, but I knew Malaya was the only one who could see through it. I said, I just had a really bad day at work. She asked, do you want to talk about it? I shook my head and said, no, I already talked to my mom and Nick. She gave me another concerned look and said, you know, I never see you really happy coming back from there. I changed my path, and I can help you too. I just shook my head. She hugged me and said, we can talk about it later, okay? I hugged her back and just nodded my head. 
She pulled back and said, well, I have something that will really cheer you up. I was going to call you, but I saw you here and I found a way that we can see the new marine exhibit. I said, really? That's awesome. I can't wait to see them. She squeezed my hands and said, yes, we both can have early access even before the media. I have memorized the schedules of the marine biologists as they enter and exit the exhibit area. And I noticed there is a 15 minute time window when no one is there, not even security because of the shift changes and whatever. I just confirmed it today. I said, okay, so when is the 15 minute time slot? She looked at her watch and said, um, in about 10 minutes. I gave her a look and she said, I was going to call you right now. Besides, I knew your day was over and you could have driven here anyways. I smiled and said, let's go. We both rushed towards the end of the east wing of the aquarium and the blocked off section that had tarps and caution tape. We weaved around the sides and through an employee entrance that didn't have any security cameras facing it. We entered the back area where all of the pumps and giant pipes were. There were buckets and tanks with random sea creatures and clipboards attached under them. The rush and the pulse of the water was loud. We hid in the dark corner behind some large drainage pipes as the last security guard left the area. We rushed over to the new tank and climbed up the metal stairs. It was dark in the tank, and it was lit dimly with bluish lights. We both peered over the edge and saw brilliant flashes of color. Purple, pink, blue, orange, every color imaginable flashed and danced through the dark water. Through the flashes, I could see the dark bodies and tentacles whipping through the water. They changed shapes into sharp skinny fish, to large crabs, to large squids. In between the transformations, they changed into strange shapes like odd circles with squiggles in the middle, triangles with branching rectangles and interlocking ovals. I was mesmerized by the flurry and the speed of their transformations, how seamlessly they shifted into one body to the next. The creature's lights were dazzling and bright and reflected through the water and onto the walls. There was a little humming and a soft, sad, melodic song vibrating gently through the water. I leaned over the edge and felt my hand touch the water. They immediately stopped moving and the lights dimmed off. It was pitch black in the tank and I strained to see closer. Suddenly, a warm white light flashed and they were feet away from the top of the water. I lurched back and I could feel my heart pounding. I looked over at Malaya and I saw how startled she was but she also had excitement wash over any fear she had. I looked back into the water and saw they had turned into what I think were their original bodies. They were somewhat squid-shaped with short and wide oval-like heads with large frilly collars under the eyes and around their neck area and wings that extended on the sides of their heads. It had large connecting tissue between the tentacles that made it look like a parachute. The lights ran down each tentacle and they all glowed a white color. On the sides of their head, they had large eyes that gazed up towards me and I could feel that they were really seeing me. They understood what I was and what I felt. They gently floated closer to the top and the warm light pulsed as they all drifted closer to the top. 
one of the creatures started changing shape. It slowly combined its tentacles into four sections, and its skin shrunk and stretched in odd ways, billowing like a curtain in the breeze. Its head expanded, and its oval eyes shifted closer together. The frills on the head expanded into a halo around its head. The four sections solidified into distinct arm and leg shapes, and I realized it was shifting into a human form. I was stunned and I couldn't take my eyes away from the bewitching transformation. Its color changed to a lighter bluish white hue, trying to match my skin that was washed in the blue lights of the room and from the creatures. The end of its arm stretched out and a fully formed hand was at the end. It stopped just at the edge of the water and looked up at me expectantly. I stretched my hand out and dipped it below the water and touched the smooth fingers of the creature. I felt a blossom of recognition, an overwhelming feeling of realization and understanding that tied both of us, that we were both trapped and wanted out, that we wanted to free ourselves from the situations we were in, to find where we truly belonged. We both had been calling out for help and our yearning had led us to each other. I heard a door slam an electric shock zapped through my body. I let out a startled yell, and I fell back. Melia asked, are you okay? I can't believe you touched it. I said, I'm, I'm fine. I felt a shock, but it, it didn't actually hurt. She said, okay, let's go now. I looked back quickly into the tank, and I saw the creature that I had touched was now completely black and looked like it was dissolving. We heard a voice call out and ask, is anybody there? We both quietly and quickly walked down the stairs. We hid in the darkest corner of the room, squeezing behind boxes as one of the biologists entered the room. He cursed as he saw the lid for the tank had been left open and quickly started closing it. I felt such grief course through my body and I had to cover my mouth to keep my sobs from coming out. Malaya dragged me across the room and out the door as the biologist was busy. We were able to make it back out the door without being seen. I felt the grief ease a little and we both rushed into a quiet corner. I collapsed in the corner. I felt very weak. Malaya said, after we caught our breath, what the hell? Those things are aliens. Oh my God. They can't even be real. Are those biologists blind? I said, I think that was the first time they've ever changed like that. But I can't believe the power that they have. Malay exclaimed, if I tell the biologist what I just saw, this could launch me straight into their internship program. I don't have to wait anymore. Fear shot through me and I said, no, you can't. She looked at me confused and said, but I've been waiting for an opportunity like this to make myself stand out. I said, Malaya, I know you really want this, and I understand why, but if you tell them, what is going to happen to those poor creatures? They're definitely going to get experimented on, probably even worse than they already have. Malaya said, but that's how we will understand them, and besides, why would they kill them? We saw a new frontier of mimicry beyond anything I have ever seen. I reached out and grabbed her hands, feeling desperate and scared. A fear that was beyond my own filled me, and I knew it was a connection to those shape-shifting creatures.
I said, please don't tell anyone. I have a very bad feeling that we'll get hurt if you do. Please don't. I could feel the fear and my earnestness seep into her, and I saw her eyes change to match my own emotions. She asked, what happened when you touched it? I said, I don't really know, but I could just tell they were scared. Don't you feel it too? She nodded her head a little and pulled her hands away. She said, weird, the feeling left. But I trust you, and I don't want to hurt them. Besides, who's going to believe the weirdness we saw anyway, I guess? I felt relief wash over me, and I said, I'm glad you agree. And yeah, honestly, we were probably getting in trouble too for sneaking in. She nodded her head and said, probably, knowing how they've been so strict about the secrecy so far. Malaya supervisor Imogen, who was a biologist, rounded the corner and spotted her. She came over and said, Malaya, I have been looking everywhere for you. You are supposed to take over the shark tank right now. What are you doing over here? Malaya said, sorry, I got a little distracted. My friend Celeste told me one of the fish looked a little sick and asked me to come check on it. Imogen looked over at the tank next to us and said, which one? Malaya looked around and said, I think it was one of those yellow tangs in the corner. Imogen sighed and brushed back her long braided box braids. She said, next time tell me so I can check on it too, okay? I appreciate your zeal though. But definitely head outside now or Nicole is going to go crazy. Malaya quickly said, we will talk later, okay? And waved goodbye at me and headed outside. Imogen said, thanks Liz for looking out for our fish. Not many people pay attention to the fish that closely. She looked at the tank with admiration in her eyes. She said, they live in an entire world of their own, you know. She looked over and smiled and said, maybe I could get you to volunteer one of these days. I smiled back and said, maybe. Thanks for the offer, though. Bye. She waved bye, and I quickly turned and left. I headed straight back to my car, my head still trying to accept the fact that what happened was real. I drove home in a daze and I walked inside my apartment. I threw my stuff onto the table and plopped onto the couch, staring outside to the view of the ocean in the distance. Nick came over and hugged me. I hugged him back fiercely. He asked, do you want some takeout? I nodded my head, lost in my own thoughts. As I put on my shorts and shirt, I stared at my uniform and a feeling of calm grew inside me. I didn't really feel alone anymore, and the stress and anxiety of the day was gone. I walked out into the kitchen and ate dinner with Nick. While we were watching TV, I said to him, I've been thinking about what you said, and you are right. A change in scenery would help a lot. He asked, so are you going to another company? I said, yeah, something like that, and still working out the details. We watched some more TV and chatted about the characters. I played some of a new video game I had while Nick read some articles for his work. Before long, Nick got tired and headed to bed early. I joined him and fell into a peaceful sleep. I dreamed that night that I was back at the aquarium and I was in the tank floating with the shapeshifters. They were all swimming around slowly. 
The hum and song they sang sounded sad and melancholy. They flashed slow pulses of light. I could feel their sadness and the same emotions ran through my mind. They were weak and they were using up a lot of their energy to stay connected to me. I knew they wanted to be free and back home before it was too late. As I watched them, they all slowly faded to black and I realized what would happen if I didn't do anything. I woke up and I walked out to the living room. As the sun came up over the water, I felt that pull towards the ocean stronger than ever. I got ready for work and I looked at my uniform and a determination bloomed inside of me. That uniform was not me, not anymore. There was so much more to the world than I could have ever expected that was untethered and vast. I didn't want to stay in the small space that I lived and worked that was currently my life. I threw the uniform into the trash and I went looking in my closet for my wetsuit. Nick walked into the room and noticed that I was pulling the storage bins out. He asked, what are you looking for? I said, um, well, I want to go to the new exhibit at Aquarium on Friday and I want to wear something nice. He asked, why are you looking now? I said, well, I just remembered now and I just want to pull out the boxes quickly so I don't forget later. He still looked puzzled but said, okay, I guess. Well, I'm heading out. I'll see you later. I kissed him goodbye and as soon as he left, I started tearing through the boxes. I found the wetsuit and set it to the side. I called Malaya and said, I'm planning on freeing the shapeshifters tonight. Are you in? She said, well, I wasn't expecting that in the morning. What happened? I said, you know, you were there yesterday. Those shapeshifters deserve to be free. They were practically begging us to pull them out of that tank. She said, you know, I could lose my job. I'm risking everything. I asked, please. Just distract Imogen and the other lead biologist. If anyone is going to take the blame, it'll be me. You are leading the life you want, and I don't want to jeopardize it. But hear me out, okay? She was silent for a moment and said, okay. I explained to her on how I planned on sneaking in during closing hours of the aquarium, when the sun was setting, and she would conveniently leave one of the back doors open for me while she distracted everyone, and I ran to the tank and I would leave with the shapeshifters. She said, God, this is a horrible plan. I asked, can you think of anything better? No. <laughs> you better make it out, okay? We finalized the details and I hung up the phone. I enjoyed the rest of the morning and I felt such excitement and anticipation build up inside me. I couldn't remember the last time I had felt such a thrill. I ignored all of the calls from Kathleen and eventually blocked her number, as she had called at least five times in a row now. I felt satisfied, and I knew she was probably going crazy. But it wasn't enough for me. It was the late afternoon at that point, and everyone would be in the office. I put on my swimsuit and threw a jacket on top, and headed towards the corporate office. I walked inside and headed up the elevator. I rounded up my coworkers that I was close with and brought them to the break room. They asked me what was going on and that Kathleen had been going crazy juggling everything without my help. I told them that I was leaving on a vacation and that we should stay in touch. 
They asked me why. And I said, I need to leave for my sanity. And marketing is particularly crazy right now at this company. And it wasn't giving me the fulfilling work that I want. And it's driving me crazy, guys. They all understood where I was coming from and hugged me. They all froze as they heard Kathleen's voice ask, where is she? She rounded the corner and said, I don't even know where to begin with you. How could you talk to them first? I should have been your priority. I scoffed and I raised my hand in her face. I gave her a sickly sweet smile and said, if you would like to know, I'm taking paid time off for the following reasons. I pretended to open a letter and said, to Kathleen, it's been terrible working here with you and the other delinquents that run this company. You are a miserable witch and I don't wanna waste my breath on you. Don't worry, I'm not gonna use this job as a reference because you probably wouldn't even give me credit anyway. And I want to erase this experience as much as I can to forget you. If you see me on the street, don't say hi. To all my teammates, good luck in my absence. I hope to see you all very soon. I pretended to close the letter and gave her a big smile. Kathleen's mouth was wide open and she looked at me with utter disdain. She said, so you quit like that after a little criticism? I laughed in her face and said, that's how you react when someone calls you out? I thought you had a little bit more fire in you. I'm taking a little paid time off from you. I started walking away and pushed past her. She said, you think you can so easily come out on top of this? No, you're fired. You hear that? Fired. I stopped and I laughed. I turned around and said, so I'm fired, right? For wanting to spend the time off that I earned to get away from you? She yelled, you're fired. You should be so grateful to work here, yet you throw another tantrum? I am above treatment like this. I smiled so widely and pulled out my phone that had been recording the entire time. I waved at her and said, thanks for the extra pay. I wonder what people or even Richard are gonna think when I share this with them. I saw the color drain from her face and I headed for the door. As I walked into the parking lot, my heart was pounding so much from the excited thrill and I hadn't felt such deep satisfaction in a while. I was free from that place, completely, no ties. And I felt weightlessness, like I could fly anywhere. I got into my car and I saw the sun was already starting to dip down. I drove into the parking lot of the aquarium into the far corner that had the blind camera door. I waited for Malaya's signal and the sun dipped down lower into the sky. Finally, the sun was resting on top of the water and I saw Malaya open the door. She stretched and bounced on her toes three times. I waited a minute and then calmly walked over to the door to not attract attention. I walked through the door and went inside. I started creeping towards the tank and hid in the shadows as Malaya, her supervisor Imogen, and other biologists passed by. I crept a little further down the hall when I heard a door slam. I peeked around the corner and suddenly Nick and my mom were both staring at me. I was completely shocked and hissed in a low voice, what are you 
doing here? My mom said, we're here to help you. I said, lower your voice. She said, honey, you need to come back with us. We're really worried about you. Nick nodded and said, Kathleen called us and said you had a mental breakdown at work and she was forced to make you leave and that you're going to lose your job? She helped us and said that you came here. I was shocked and angry that Kathleen had found a way to screw me over. Nick said, we don't care why you're here. We just want to take you home. I angrily said, you guys have no idea what's going on. And I really don't have time to explain this. I just need you to leave now. Nick and my mom both shook their heads. Please, I need to help a friend. And you are stopping me. Don't listen to Kathleen. We all hate her. Why in the world did you choose to believe her over me? My mom cried out. But this is about your future. I only want what's best for you. Nick said, look, we can help you get back on track. We can help you fix this mess and get you back where you belong. I heard the voices of the biologists and Malaya desperately trying to lead them away. Nick was frantically pulling my arm to take me back out. I yanked my arm away. I saw the biologists turn the corner and they started shouting at us to leave. I wanted to run and just get to the tank, but I couldn't take their misunderstandings about me anymore. You haven't really heard me. I am finally doing what I want, what I feel is right. I've just been wanting something so much different than what I'm living now. Back in college, I felt so much more freedom to do the things that I liked, and I feel like I was lied to. Now I'm just a glorified secretary. It's not like what I imagined I'd be doing. It's so meaningless. I hate this corporate life. I don't want to be stuck in this loop. I want to be free. I want to explore and travel. I want to live my life beyond your expectations because they always chained me down. I finally found the way out of my head with their help. And I found what I always wanted with my life, something that pushed deep down in the dark. We both want the same things. We both crave it. And it connected us. It helped us get to each other. This yearning inside has no name but wanderlust for the unknown. I want to get where everywhere is. I felt my emotions radiate out like a wave. It was a shimmery silver which hit everyone in the room. Everyone stopped in their tracks and felt everything that I and the creatures were feeling. The desperate escape that we both wanted. Our cries and pain were finally heard. Some doubled over in pain and others started crying in realization. I said, just please help us. My mom, Nick and Malaya ran to my side. They apologized over and over and looked hesitantly over towards the biologist. Imogen looked up at me, tears streaming down her face and asked, is this the pain that they've been feeling all this time? I nodded and said, they don't belong here. They need to be back out there with their family and in the open ocean. Also, they're getting weaker as we speak. This plan is our last ditch effort to get free. If we don't let them go, they're all going to die. Imogen looked over at the other biologists 
and they all nodded their heads in agreement. Imogen looked up at us and said, our whole lives are dedicated to the ocean. We couldn't bear to let them suffer like this anymore. I smiled and felt happiness fill the room. Everyone ran to the tank and I climbed up the stairs first. The creatures were singing and flashing even more vividly than last time. Imogen whispered to herself, they can sing? They were changing shapes and morphing into different animals so quickly it was a wild dance. Then they all started changing into human forms. Imogen looked over at me and said, I've never seen them dance. Before they would morph so slowly when we watched them. And I could never imagine that it can transform into us. She hung her head with guilt and one of the creatures reached up with its hand and patted hers. Tears slipped out of her eyes as she stared into the tank. I dove into the tank and I felt the creatures firmly grasp onto me. I felt their bodies condense and grow smaller to try to save as much moisture as possible to quickly transport them. They changed color to match my wetsuit and flicked off their lights. Imogen and Nick hauled me out of the water and one of the biologists had opened up a back door that led directly to the ocean. I ran out the door and right to the edge of the ocean. The moon reflected on the water gently. I could feel the shapeshifters shiver with excitement. I saw out across the water a rainbow of dancing lights glowing under the surface. I could hear them singing to each other. I rushed into the water and I saw a huge group of the creatures and they sang out joyfully to each other. Some of them detached and a few morphed over my body. They formed a huge transparent bubble around my head so I could breathe and long fins formed over my legs to help me swim with them. I danced in happiness along with them as I was surrounded in a ball of glowing light and changing shapes. Several of the shapeshifters danced with me in their human forms or changed to match and looked almost like a split-tail mermaid. Our emotions ran together like currents in the sea. I felt completely accepted and such freedom that I forgot everything about my life in that whirling dance. But the feeling couldn't last forever and the shapeshifters grew tired and as much as I wanted, I couldn't live in the water with them. I still had some connections to land. They gently swam me to shore where a crowd of people were watching the dazzling lights. Everyone was outside and the biologists were taking pictures. I saw my group waving and I rushed over to hug them. My mom, Nick and Malaya. We watched as the creatures leapt out of the water and swam away, their lights fading in the dark. My mom asked, where do you think they're going? I felt my heart tug towards the ocean and the breeze called to me over the water. I said, I have no idea, but I can't wait to find out. Thank you everybody for listening to a Midnight Tale podcast. I'm glad that you are all here today. Please let me know down below how you liked the story. Also, join us on Instagram and send me your best drawings of what you think the creatures look like. There are lots of possibilities and I want to see how you think I did with my descriptions of them. Also, I wanted to say I hope you really liked this story. It was kind of personal for me because I went through something like that, which makes sense because this is a dream, of course. 
dreams are very related to our personal lives. Although I didn't quite have the help of really cool squid <laughs> shape-shifting creatures, which I kind of wish I did because honestly, I personally love jellyfish. <laughs> a little self-insert there, although to be honest, this whole story is a self-insert along with many of my other ones. But I hope that you all enjoyed it. And this is Celeste signing off. Until again, I'll see you in your dreams.